Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have celebrated culinary artist, Chef Kwame. He's a James Beard winner, one of Forbes 30 Under 30, and is a guest judge on the current season of Top Chef. Next up, Chef Kwame. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Jalen Rose Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Right now, download the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Make sure you download Renaissance Man. Get this love, get this food, get this game, get this knowledge. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave a five-star rating. Show support. Who do you want to see on the show? What was your favorite episode? Download the podcast. Leave a five-star rating. This week's theme, love, doesn't need many ingredients. Yes, we're talking about the simplicity of showing those around you that you love them. Don't let TV movies, and social media trick you into thinking that displays of love have to be this grandiose thing like buying your significant other a luxury car or a public proposal during the playoff game or throwing your kids that expensive birthday party. Don't get me wrong. All of those things are nice. And myself, I love luxury vehicles. But do you know how many of those people doing those things to actually compensate for the fact that they're physically and emotionally absent. I've been there. Growing up in a single-parent home, my goal, I used to always say, I wanted the white picket fence, dinner at 5, 6 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays. I wanted normalcy because I didn't have that. I wanted to create a two-parent home for my kids. My oldest daughter, Mariah, my youngest daughter, Gracie, they were raised in Atlanta by her mom. They're all grown up right now. They're all extremely successful. But you know what ate me up for years? That I lived and worked in a different state while not being married to their mom. I created another broken home. And imagine if you're a professional like me and you're playing in the NBA. You're playing for the Chicago Bulls, Toronto Raptors, New York Knickerbockers, Phoenix Suns. What a tough life balance. And for many years, I tried to overcompensate. But nothing, nothing, nothing. Tell somebody you love them like time. So make sure that more than anything, you're checking up on your loved ones. Tell your family, I love you regularly while they're still here. Let your spouse know, your kids know, your friends know, your coworkers know daily how much they're appreciated. Love doesn't need many ingredients. My next guest, Chef Kwame, knows all about that. Love through food. Next up, we'll talk to Chef Kwame about his culinary journey and why food is an art form. Up next, Chef Kwame. Yo, 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 I'm Van Lathan, a.k.a. the guy in the Kanye video, a.k.a. not Van Jones. And I am Rachel Lindsay, a.k.a. the first Black Bachelorette, also known as Big Rach. We're here to tell you about our podcast from The Ringer called Higher Learning. Twice every week, Big Rach and I put our thinking caps on and dive into the most important topics of the culture. We mean Black culture. 
as well as politics, sports, and more. So y'all be sure to check us out every Tuesday and Friday morning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this week's Renaissance Man podcast. You know what it is. Each Thursday, New York Post. Check out the college. Renaissance Man. Also, check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify. I also get a chance this week to interview somebody that's extremely talented and somebody that can cook better than me. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Chef Kwame. Thank you for having me. I may be able to cook better, but you got you got one of the best hairlines in, in all the land, man. <laughs> Thank you, family. <laughs> I appreciate the love. Please share with us your journey of how you became a chef. Well, you know, started um, at a young age. Um, my mom, she operated, she was an accountant and she switched careers and started a catering company out of the house. And, you know, very much against the law, she put me and my my sister to work. I was five years old. My sister was was about 10 and she threw us an apron and we had to do whatever it takes to, to keep the lights on. You know, we lived in the Bronx in this one bedroom apartment and I was doing everything from like peeling shrimp to fabricating vegetables mm. um, to, you know, packing up for her for, on, on events to go. And, you know, that that chore turned into a hobby and that hobby turned into a passion and that passion mm. turned into a career. Mm. So that's that's the the, the beginnings of of, uh, of my career and beginnings of Kwame on watching. Wow, that's personal to me because I love your mom and respect her and appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Because I heard your passion and I heard you say the ages that she started you guys on your entrepreneurial journey is what it turned out to be. But then it was to contribute to the family. Exactly. exactly. It wasn't some menial task she was having us do just because teaching us a lesson. It was, it was really, we're all in this together. You, you know what it's like to be on a team. You know, everyone's got to show up. Um, and, and that's what we had to do at a very young age. And I think that taught me not only an entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurialistic, you know, viewpoint of life, but it also told, showed me that you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, my mom is following her passion. She got two kids living in the Bronx in the 90s. She didn't have it easy at all, but she made it work. And it showed me to make things work at a very young age. That's extremely impressive. As I wear a hoodie, I lost my mom recently. And she worked at Chrysler as well as worked at multiple bars. And as you were telling your story, it reminded me of mine. And it led to me thinking about the theme of this episode. I wanted to call this week's episode, Love Doesn't Need Many Ingredients. Mm. What are a few ingredients that keep you in love with your profession? I would say um, innocence. You know, I, I would say, you know, like knowing that you know nothing <laughs> keeps you going i would say with in, in any profession right and it, it makes you an uh, a eternal learner you know and an eternal student of the game and i think once once you have once you have that ingredient the rest the rest is easy because 
you don't ever feel like you know everything. <laughs> right. So you're listening to everyone around you um, and, and really taking that in. Um, you know, the, the, the family is an ingredient for me, taking care of my family, doing whatever it takes to get to the next level. So they, they can just work a little bit less. Um, so th those are some of the things for me that, that really, really keep me going. And then innovation, you know, innovation, constantly rebuilding myself. Uh, you know, right now I have a media company. Um, I was a contestant on Top oh. Chef years ago, and now I'm a judge. You know, I used to read the pages of Food and Wine magazine when I was a kid. Now I'm the, I'm the executive producer of it. Mm -hmm. So it's constant reinvention and, and being scared all the time, like being scared. Your dreams should, should scare you. And if they don't, they're not big enough. So. So, yeah, all those are ingredients that I keep in my spice cabinet in my soul. I'm extremely impressed by you, my brother. And it just reminds me of also that goes with what you said. Sometimes your critics are right. And mm -hmm. that don't mean that you got to take to heart what they say, but maybe you look in the mirror and it allowed that to also push you and make you better. Oh, yeah. And that, that's the humility and, and the respect that you have. And I appreciate that. And, and, and in your world, it plays out via food, which is an art form. But like all great art forms, they tell a story. What story are we eating when we come to your restaurant, Kith and Kin? So, you know, I, I recently left Kith and Kin um, to pursue other endeavors. Like, like. Okay be a more, um, you know, do, do more stuff with, with film and television, um, oh. to writing. I just finished my third book, but, um, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like when a dish tells a story, it has a soul, you're not just cooking for perfect seasoning. You're cooking to share an experience with someone. And the stories that I tell with food are, are really of people, you know, I'm, I'm really taking, that blue collar uh, way of eating in, in all different countries and putting that on a plate because that's that's the food that feeds nations. You know, it's not the, the fine dining. It's not the, you know, the tasting menu restaurants. Yeah. It's the restaurants that, that the working class go to eat at. That's the soul of the nation. And I try to tell that in, in my way. Um, so I spent some time overseas, you know, uh, I, when I was about 10 years old, I was veering off on the wrong path, which is pretty easy to do in the South Bronx. And my mom wanted to nip that in the butt. And she told me I was going on a two week vacation to Nigeria. And wow. I quickly realized it was not a vacation at all. And it was not gonna be two weeks. Two years passed before she let me come back um, after I learned respect and after I learned to really appreciate what I have here in America, um, down to like running water electricity, conditioned air, you know, things that we take for granted every single day. If our, if our AC went out, we, we'd be really upset right now. Right. But most of the right. world lives like that. So once we realize that we have a leg up when we wake up, um, you know, your, your possibilities are endless. You just got to really take that leap of faith and, and go for whatever it is that you want in life. One of the things you've also done is attend the Culinary Institute of America. What can we do as a society or as individuals to get more people like us into culinary arts? Um, you know, it's, it's a, that's a funny question or interesting question, rather, because we fought so hard to get out of kitchens, you know, and now we're fighting to get back into mm. the respect that we deserve. So, uh, word, word. 
So I do feel that it's it's really within the older generation to um, to nurture these young culinarians and their endeavors. You know, I know a lot of people that are finally going to culinary school or finally cooking because they were like, my parents would never let me do that because they worked so hard for me not to work in the kitchen. So I think knowing that that there are there are so many different avenues uh, uh, within the culinary industry. You don't have to just be cooking behind the line for the rest of your life. You don't have to work in a restaurant for, for someone else for the rest of your life. You can open up your own restaurants. You can write books. You can be in movies. You can be in TV shows. Uh, you can be a food critic. You can be a food writer. There's so many different avenues, but you got to let that child take that first step and see where they want to go and trust that you've instilled in them the entrepreneurial spirit to go above and beyond. You're a walking symbol of success, my brother. Seriously, and extremely impressive. What does it feel like to have people from all walks of life to enjoy your African Caribbean cuisine, the flavor that you bring to the table? Uh, it feels good. You know, it feels good for it's a twofold answer, right? People are finally able to celebrate their culture while celebrating a special experience. So you're able to go out if you want to propose to your to to your spouse, if if you want to celebrate a graduation, if you want to have a reception for your wedding, you can do that while eating your food in a in a in a, in a refined setting, which a lot of other cultures are able to do that. They can look up so many restaurants wherever they're at. If they're Italian, they can go to so many different restaurants. If they're French, they can go to so many different restaurants. Maybe to so I'm able to create experiences where people can celebrate their culture while celebrating a special experience. And right. then I'm able to teach a group of people that may not uh, understand my heritage through food. You know, you can travel oceans on a plate. Um, and the best way to get to know somebody and get to know who they are is to first and foremost, listen to them. But second of all, eat their food. So. So you, you, you said something earlier that was really direct and I appreciated it. We fought to get out of the kitchen now to get back in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so for you, 50 years ago, we couldn't eat inside of a white restaurant. Yeah. And now our goal is to own restaurants and obviously have diverse crowds. How is that dynamic as an entrepreneur and as a chef and how you want to see that play out? Um, you know, I think knowledge is power. And once you have that knowledge, you have a little bit more freedom, right? People, when my first restaurant closed, they were like, um, yeah, I hope you learned your lesson. You know, it was a failure. It was this, I was that. It was like, I don't know if you know where I came from, but I already won by even having a restaurant because I also know that 50 years ago, we weren't allowed to eat in the same restaurants. So when you have that, that, that fear of failure is a little bit removed and you're able to take more risks because even having the opportunity to take that risk is an opportunity within itself, uh, especially for people of color. So I, I think um, the more people that know those things, the more they will have the gumption to take that leap and just do it because our ancestors didn't sacrifice all that crap for us not to take these risks. Mm. 
or else they just they we <laughs> we'd still be in the same position we were before but they fought you know they fought for us to have rights they fought for us to have that restaurant they fought for us eating those restaurants exactly exactly well said and before i let you get out of here and i appreciate you taking the time and i'm going to also write a column about this interview i really appreciate it i do a rapid fire segment called gone in 60 seconds okay ready to do this chef kwame ready born ready let's get it most important cooking item that every food enthusiast should have in their home kitchen salt <laughs> mm, i like what you did there so i'm gonna spin that back on you the washington football team is in need of a name what would you call the team chocolate city <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. Go, go, and everything. Loved it. <laughs> Used to sell candy on the train to help you fund your cooking career. What was your best selling candy? Peanut MMs, right here. <laughs> 24 7, 365. <laughs> Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. The favorite thing to cook on the grill? Favorite thing to cook on the grill? Jerk chicken, hands down. I gotta step my game up. I gotta step my game up. Send your recipe, I got you, don't worry about it. Done, done, and done. Number one no-no that people make when coming to a restaurant beside leaving a bad tip. Canceling a reservation without calling the restaurant. Ooh, they see your name, they see your number next time. They put you at the end of the line, huh? Well, it's just that we, you know, we can't make that money back and we already have raised within margins. So it's like, it's more just disrespectful to like, not just be like, hey, free that table up, we're not coming. See, that's what's up. I'm glad you gave me the, the, the business way to think of that because sometimes people think, well, I ain't gonna be there as crowded all the time. Somebody else to just take the spot. You gotta let them know. Well, I appreciate the love, man. Looking forward to catching up soon. Thank you, man. Thank you. I want to bring something back to what I said before. I mean, Russell Westbrook just came out with a with, with something saying that, you know, even though he's not a champion, he's a champion because he made it into this league. He grew up very, very poor. So to constantly have that criticism is is damaging to not only not only him and, and his, because he's a person at the end of the day, but the people coming up under him. And that's how I feel about, you know, having the knowledge of what's going on, you know? Having the opportunity makes you a winner in some instances, especially within the black community, um, because then it gives people the, 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 the gumption and they see the representation that they can do it. If they can see it, then they can do it. Because it's the score of the game and it's a game of life. And just so you know, a lot of how he's portrayed, you live, I live, I'm from Detroit, is he out there with a scowl, he's born where he's from, his family from where they from. When they made it to the finals, I saw how his game was vilified. I saw him when he was in college. I know he averaged nine points in college for three years. I played with him. 
got to the league, averaged 35, triple-double, one MVP. And so I know exactly what you're saying and what you mean. That's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy too. I don't know him, but that's my guy, so. So I appreciate the love. Of course. Last call. I want to give a special thank you to Chef Kwame for stopping by the podcast. And you know what I love? I love how fearless he is in his approach to food. And I applaud him for showcasing African and Caribbean cuisine while letting the world see that these regions are not excluded when we talk about elevated culinary art. He talked about seeing how far you've come and knowing that failure is important on the path to success. You, I, no one can avoid failure. Failure is where the lesson lies. I remember draft day going 13th. I can tell you frontwards and backwards all of the players that got drafted in front of me. And I'm thinking, I can't believe I failed this far in the draft. I'm a member of the Fab Five. I'm a 6'8 point guard. We just played the national championship back-to-back seasons. And I'm falling in the draft. Is it my bad teeth? Is it the red and white suit that I wore to the draft with the red gaiters? I'm thinking the entire time this is a fail. But you know what else I'm telling myself? Whoever picked me, I'm going to make everybody else pay. Now, paying doesn't mean I became the next Magic Johnson. And by the way, a recent guest on the Renaissance Man podcast. Success ain't just becoming the next Magic Johnson. It's becoming the best Jalen Rose. And I took that career failure in my mind and turned it into excellence in my life. Winston Churchill once said, success is not final and failure is not fatal. Go out there and go get what you want. And if you fall, get right back up. See where you fell short and grow from there. I've had to do it. I will continue to have to do it. You will too. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.